0: Hello FPL Managers, welcome to the FPL Optimized Podcast, this is episode number 79. As mentioned in the last episode, Buzz is out this week, he went to ski. (laughs) So in his place I have a great guest and a special episode for you. I'm Sertab, your host, and my guest today is Andy Martin, or it is FPL underscore tactician on Twitter or X. And data or grass or data and grass? That's the question we are trying to answer in this podcast. As you know, I usually invite analytics oriented managers when I get the chance, but wanted to make an exception this time and wanted to learn more from one of the stars of FBL social media. Uh, and it has a 2.2K finish in 2021 and 22 season, if I remember correctly. And he may not be the most successful manager around, but he's certainly one of the most colorful ones. Uh, so we will investigate how he perceives analytics and FPL. And first of all, welcome to the podcast, Andy.
1: Hi, Stelpe. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. It's, it seems very strange to be on a analytics podcast. From... <laughs> I know, right? But... Here I am, yeah, exactly. Good to be on. I'm happy to speak to you. I, th- I think you do amazing work. So um, when you asked, I was like, yeah, get me on. I, s- I love your stuff, so pleased yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for accepting the invite. So you have carved out a unique niche for yourself in the FPL Twitter world with your with your distinctive play style uh, and also your love for porridge selfies and, of course, pushing people's buttons, that you know, legendary triple captain on De Bruyne. So before we dive into the questions, how about you share a bit about your FPL history, philosophy, and maybe a word or two about porridge?
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been playing seriously for just five or six seasons, so I'm not someone that's got a big long history. Um, I took up playing FPL seriously in 2017-18. Had a few like life changes with jobs, and um, I stopped gambling. So. FPL was kind of that void to to fill at that time. And I've I've taken it very seriously. I'm a gambling addict. So I just thought I'd throw my whole self into FPL, which I'm glad I did. Um, On Twitter, I think something and then tweet it. And whether that's right or wrong, I just... I I find myself having a lot of fun on Twitter. Um, So I I do like to push some buttons on, on people. And I do like to... Have, have my own fun because I'm smiling all the time when I'm tweeting and it's not <laughs> like people take it far too seriously, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm like, my downtime is going on Twitter, tweeting what I think, annoying a few people, but getting some bites, but I'm having a good time. And I hope people like most of the time people see through that and like I, I joking along with me, but it's, it's, it's fun. Um, in, in regards to, to FPL, I wouldn't say I'm an analytics person at all, but I wouldn't say I'm grass FC. So probably somewhere in the middle fixtures, like is massively a thing for me. I believe like Mm -hmm. team strength. I often look at fixture runs and think, how am I going to get certain players for this fixture run against lesser teams? Um, Yeah. And I don't really believe in form 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 for me is not a thing. It's, It's based on fixtures and, I'll, I'll try to captain good players at home against weak opposition, how I see most of the time.
0: I mean, you sound closer to analytics than grass for sure. I mean, uh, like, especially by ignoring form and then thinking about fixtures. I, I assume you have a great potential to be an analytics FC manager maybe in future?
1: You can try. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. Okay. Um I'm 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 probably too too proud to, to go down that route. But no, I mean I I'll, I'll still look at data. I enjoy looking at stats. I I enjoy looking at um how teams are performed and in, in certain areas. So yeah, I'll look at graphs and stats and I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's it's I still find it interesting, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. We will come back to your playstyle later in the questions. But uh let's start with chip strategy. Obviously, that's what everyone is wondering. Uh, that's the most important thing. And so, what's your chip strategy this season? And where are you with planning? And most importantly, obviously, what are you going to do with your triple captain now that 25 is ahead of us? <laughs>
1: um, I I should triple captain Harland. It's it's a good double game week. Um, I've but... had a disastrous... Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> I've had a dis- disastrous few weeks and... I think if I was if if I was higher I would just triple captain Haaland but I think because a lot of managers are doing it I'm kind of betting against Haaland to not maybe have a mega week and I know that sounds ridiculous but if I can swing against it and still captain him so I'm not completely losing out I'm not like not owning him or not captaining him I'm still going to captain him but then still hoping against triple captains that he does blank in both but Maybe thinking, OK, if he does haul, if he does get 20 points, I've captained him and maybe I can go for the triple captain later on in the season somewhere else. So I, th- I think this week for me, it'd be no chip, um, take kind of the red arrow on the chin again mm-hmm. and then either go Solanke in 28 oh, or okay. I'm, I I, I likely from a triple captain to right at the end. So I've done it 36, 37 in, in a lot of previous seasons. And it has done me well. And I think when teams are fighting relegation or fighting for top four or fighting for the league, I, I, I still think in a double game week later in the season, the, you get a get teams which have fallen away mid-table and you get to get teams that are fighting for stuff. And I'm happy to triple captain in 37. I think that's the way I'll be heading.
0: And are, do you think you will... Triple captain like Holland. If City gets a double that game week, if they proceed in the cup, probably,
1: yeah, it depends. So I'll, I'll look at 37 and, and think, okay, City maybe like if they need four points to win the title, they've got a double game week, okay, triple captain Holland 37 because they're going for the title, they're trying to win both games, that kind of thing. <laughs> or if a team is in fourth place, needing a couple of wins to finish fourth, equally, I'm happy to triple captain. A talisman say if it's like sun for example has a double in 37 so yeah I'm I'm, I'm I'm open to the options of kind of how the narrative is in 37 who needs to do the wins against teams perhaps that aren't fighting for stuff so yeah
0: so suppose it is like game week 28 deadline and then you have an option to triple captain solanke now and then we are not sure about game week 37 fixtures do you think you will be kind of encourage to triple captain Solanke especially if his ownership is pretty low or do you think you will wait
1: I think I'll probably still wait I think it's, it's definitely an option Solanke's a good option it's two good fixtures the good thing is about Solanke it's likely to get 180 minutes or close to if he's fit um, so that's that's what I do like It's two promoted teams he's gonna play all the minutes I do like it um, but I'm still edging towards 37 and also because my team might look quite bad in 37 compared to others. Hmm. It might be a good time just to try and at least minimalize the damage in that week as well.
0: Okay. Um, so I think one reason why people are using their triple captain chip this game week is also because they want to use other chips in 34 or 37. Uh, especially Bench Boost in 37. So um, with that, I want to ask you, what's your remaining chip strategy? I mean, you're not thinking of Bench Boosting in 37, then I assume, or at least like keeping it flexible, I guess.
1: Yeah, again, I mean, I don't really like Bench Boosting in 37 because of rotation is often Mm. happening with teams. Um, I like Bench boost whenever I can see my bench is good and I'm thinking just hit the button and and do it and you don't have to work towards it so you're not detrimental to your teams in other weeks Mm -hmm. and I was I was really I was really close this week if Liverpool hadn't had the flu I I I had Saliba Willian and Kilman on the bench so like reliable players and it would have got me 20 points yeah so solid. Yeah. It was it was, it was was close to doing it, but yeah, the, with the Liverpool flu news, I, I, I didn't press it. But in other weeks, if, say, a random week comes up and I think, oh, this bench is decent, I've got a strong squad, everyone looks like playing, I'm happy to do it. But I don't think 37 for me is a good bench boost week. I'd never have done because, yeah, you might have 15 doublers and plan for it. But I think your planning detriments teams, your team in other weeks. So you have this mega week in 37. And it's like, wow, look at this, 150 points my bench boost has got 30 points in the bench oh yeah brilliant well done but <laughs> i i don't yeah i don't particularly think it helps leading up to it so for me i'll probably bench boost in a random week okay. and if i can do it before my wild card in 30 or 31 even better as well and it, and it, and it might be 28 looks quite good for the bench boost
0: okay okay uh i should also mention here that i mean Betting against a single player, in my opinion, is not the worst idea. I should say. uh I know that we are kind of like a, in a minority here like going against Holland is something like a taboo in the community, and then if you get it wrong, then I mean uh, people just love making uh, fun of you um, yeah. but then if you if you are going to hope that Holland blank in the the double game week. Do you think, would it be better to just not have him at all? Or do you think like, oh, there's a significant chance that he will get enough points, so maybe I should just captain him, so minimize the damage if it happens?
1: I I think he's a fine triple captain choice, and I think people are, it's fair enough to go with it. Um, I just think that captaincy kind of doesn't matter too much if he hauls, doesn't matter too much if he blanks. I'm kind of in the middle of it where it's okay. So I I wouldn't like to not own him because I think the potential is still really strong. And I think, if you ask me now, I think Haaland should get between 50 and 20 points in the double game week. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a 10% chance he probably gets under 10 points. And probably 10% chance he gets 25 or over, right? So... If it's in the middle and I've just captained him, then there's a chance later on to try and beat that with something. Um, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: And on this topic with triple captaincy, um, I feel like uh, you are giving too much weight to ownership in general. Like I have read your like earlier tweets on this topic too, uh, or I should say maybe effective ownership. So do you think you have a differential bias? I feel like you're always going for the lower-owned, like, lower EO players, but do you think it is uh, impacting your uh, playstyle, maybe negatively?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I have a differential style necessarily. I, I do pick differential players, but that's not because, like, I'm trying to be different. I'm picking these players because I think they're going to do well. Like people have criticised me recently for picking bernardo silva or picking william mm-hmm. now now for me william was 5.3 he's on pens he had um, everton at home followed by burnley which i wanted to play him in those two games because i thought they're good fixtures i think it suited william and he, he did like stats wise he did great in those games he didn't get the returns mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time he's on the bench until when i need him in the in the blank game weeks So I don't think, like, because I needed the funds elsewhere, I needed to be somewhere like 5.3 million or below. I thought he was a standout option of someone that gets the minutes. He's on pens. He's had good fixtures. And that's what I look at. And I don't necessarily think it's differential. And same with Bernardo Silva. I mean, yeah, he's not the best option because I would like KDB, but he was 6.2, 6.3 million when I bought him. And it was a city attacker who have had good fixtures. They had the double game week coming up. Yes, I don't think it's the best option, but Bernardo Silva, I think he's still in the top fifteen, sixteen managers like midfielders in FPL, and at that price, he's capable of returning the double game week. So I'm, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's differential for differential sake. It's just my picks are different. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah Funds mainly. But al- although I have looked on review and in a certain week, and they've said, buy Saka, buy Richarlison. And I'm like, no, no, that doesn't make sense to me. They blank in three game weeks' time or like Saka blanks in 29, probably. No, I won't know. And it's, yeah, it's, it's hurt my team, but.
0: Mm. Okay. And on chip strategy, Mike, last question is your free hit because you used your free hit in Game Week 7. So do you have any regrets over using it already now that you have a look at the remaining fixtures or do you think it was a good use of the chip?
1: I know people think it's not a good use and like they have their own opinions, but I changed my full 11. And again, it was fixtures-wise, so mm-hmm. I... I brought in Newcastle and West Ham players because they're at home to promoted teams and I didn't have any of those players. And then I didn't have any players from the double game week for Luton and Burnley. I was happy to just have them for that week because they double and anything can happen in the double. And they did start and they did They did just all blanked in that game they played each other. But I'm, I don't regret it because I think I looked at my team and thought, I don't think this team's going to do very well this week what team can I get to in in double game week seven? Oh, I can get Trippier, I can get Shah, I can get Bowen. They're all at home to promoted teams. Um, And and my team outscored my original team by, I think, 21 points and also rivals by, like, 20 points that week. So no regrets. I wish I did have it because I think I'm going to be burnt in 34 or 37. Um, Mm -hmm. It's deciding which one's going to hurt me the most. And I think... I'll try and get lucky in 37 and do it that way, perhaps, and when a wildcard plan-ish for 34. Um, And then maybe 37 I get lucky, but that's the way I'm playing. And uh, yeah, I wish I had a free hit because I don't think it went as well as I thought, Um, but there's no regrets. I'm I'm happy with my decision. Great.
0: Okay. Now the second part about analytics. Um, So at this point, Obviously, I wonder how much involved you are in analytical gameplay. So, in my humble opinion, like, analytics started with people questioning whether, you know, analytics work in FPL or not. And it turned into something people almost think it is similar to cheating of some sort. Obviously, there's a spectrum. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people use it a little bit just to sense check. Some people just... um, you know, hate with a passion, but for your own FPL gameplay, so do you use analytics and if you use it, how?
1: Um, I like to look at review, mm-hmm. and I do. And I, um, but, but due to my pride, self-confidence <laughs> and arrogance, I guess, um, I always think I can play the game my way, and I can kind of beat what it says. Um, it's, it's, it's nice to look at it and like to get ideas and, and, and and think about different strategies. Um, but for myself, I'll always go back to my own plan and whether that's right or wrong, that's fair, that's fair enough. But I think in regards to analytics, I think I don't, I don't think it's cheating. I think a lot of people use it as a tool to navigate rather than copy. Um, because effectively it's more like a planner i see than a, a copying tool and even though i'm winding everyone up on twitter <laughs> I, I like i don't think that at all i don't yeah I, I i think it's good to use and if it helps you play and helps you beat others it's it's, it's another tool as well as other things that we have so yeah
0: yeah i i i totally agree i want to comment on it well that's a common mistake people often do when they think about analytics um well obviously predictive analytics is just part of the puzzle and that's the kind of like the end product but you don't need to um just you know when we say analytics it could be even something like a descriptive analytics like looking at you know underlying stats or looking at certain uh type of information and then Using spreadsheets to measure fixture uh, difficulty, and then obviously making some predictions, and then the last stage is actually optimization. And yeah. people often feel like, "Oh, you're just predictive modeling. Oh, that's it tells you what to do, and then you just do it for your team, and that's kind of cheating." But it is it is supposed to be more of a decision support tool rather than like you know something that makes decisions for you a decision tool so yeah
1: i mean i mean i mean for myself as well i mean i i work in a busy environment um it's not too stressful but it's still my downtime i enjoy doing the puzzle of planning and f- like researching myself for the puzzle and i think that's why i probably don't use analytics as because I, I i still want to enjoy the planning side of it um that's... And, and mapping out the puzzle myself. So that's, I mean, that's how I, I think about it. I, I enjoy sitting down with a notepad and pen, having the fixtures up from Ben Crellin or Lagomane and going, okay, mapping out myself, mapping out what I'm going to do, looking at my team, going on FPL team. I I enjoy that. And it's for me, it's not about winning. It's kind of the whole process of being on Twitter, having fun, planning myself working out the puzzle myself um and uh, so i think analytics if i went that way would spoil the fun a bit for myself as well
0: okay yeah i was i was going to ask you about it so like if i had the proof that i had the like optimal team like mathematically proven you know 100% i'm sure like i did all the maths and if i send that to you without you asking like some kind of like an unsolicited advice would you feel like it is kind of spoiling the end of a movie some sort of
1: would you get angry yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I wouldn't get angry i i find it hard to get angry but um i just think oh that's a shame like yeah this is yeah this is the best this is optimal like kind of now what like when (laughs) the truman show ends and he's like bowing to the crowd and they're watching tv and they go now what yeah (laughs) like so it, it would kind of ruin it for me because I, I enjoy it. I really, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy, and I think I'm, I think I'm quite good at it. But that, again, that's my self confidence and arrogance coming through. Like I look at my team and think, yeah, that's good. Others don't. Others go, why haven't you got this player? Why haven't you got this player. But I feel like I'm playing players who are playing weaker teams and mapping it out. Um, and then we finish the game week with, oh yeah, I wasn't right. <laughs> like, yeah. others were right, yeah. Um.
0: So, the way I see it, I mean, it's true for FBI review and also for other planners. I mean, the they give you one or two metrics for your team, which is, like, expected value. And then people just compare their expected value and think that they have a worse team or a better team. But it also kind of depends also your input, right? So, like, which players do you think will play? And all, more important than that, which teams are being underestimated or overestimated uh, with the results they had so far and what the predictive models are thinking because, well, whether we like it or not, all of these models are using historical data to make these predictions. They are kind of minimizing errors, you know, by regenerating the the past and then trying to minimize those errors, but all of them include some kind of, like, noise. Um, So I feel like Whatever plan you come up with, they should be able to provide even more metrics saying that, okay, you are going with this team, but it feels like you are thinking people are overestimating, let's say, Manchester United or maybe overestimating Newcastle. So, since you like, you know, this kind of like solving the puzzle, if you had this kind of information available, not saying, oh, this is optimal or not, By giving you a bunch of indicators about if you do it, then, you know, you are kind of betting on, you know, Haaland to blank or Manchester United to fail. These kind of things. Would you be more interested in using those tools or do you think it is still kind of like taking the fun away from you?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's taking the fun. I mean, I'm happy to look at the tools and see what they think about my own judgment and compare that to how I think. So again, it's kind of me viewing it as part of the whole process, um, and most of the time it is similar to my my thoughts anyway of how of how they think mm-hmm. team strength and how I, how I feel on certain teams. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like I the the three teams who are top of the league all season. I've been like, yeah, these are the three top teams. These are the team strength. You don't want to be playing any players. That you own against these guys, unless perhaps they're playing each other. Um I mean and 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 the same goes for the bottom three in the promoter clubs. Like I feel like I've had a lot of players in my team who've played promoter clubs, including goalkeepers, when I started off with Pickford Turner, I then switched to like Leno and Ariola. It feels like every other week I'm playing a promoter club. Mm-hmm. Like because because you're working out the rotation and and that's the same gone for for other attackers as well. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. okay. Um, I was asking the question because I'm mainly interested in. Um, I don't want to say converting because it feels a little bit wrong. But you can convincing... try. No, you, you, you can try. You can try. Please. please. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, be because delightful. I feel like. You know, people like you who enjoys doing this kind of like solving this puzzle are perfect people to use these kind of tools. Because, I mean, there are tons of things to think about in FPL. I mean, fixtures, yes, one thing. Rotation is one thing. But even more than that, I mean, you can, you know, find the perfect rotation uh, with playing against the promoter teams with your like squad selection. But... You know, suppose you realize, or maybe you got a league and then you learned that, oh, this this guy is injured, he's not going to play. And if you remove him from your team, maybe like you don't have enough time to plan out your, you know, you know game week one squad or maybe like wildcard squad in the remaining time. So I feel like these kind of tools should make it easier for you to... Come up with it, so it will be your own rules. So I want to play as many promoted teams as possible in this horizon, in this given horizon. And these are my uh, like restrictions. I don't want this player. I definitely want this player. Kind of constraints. And then you give it to the planner. Planner gives it to you because, in my opinion, yes, you might enjoy doing this manually. But we, first of all, we don't always have the time. And second of all, I think. It gives you more uh, plans to evaluate. So you spend your energy on looking at the differences and similarities between plans and then trying to figure out which one would work the best for you instead of, you know, trying to find players one by one,
1: maybe. Mm. So you're saying it's it's time? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah.
0: Trying to save you some time so that you can focus on the important things. Like It sounds like a sales pitch, sorry. <laughs> 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 I don't have a tool, so... Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how I done... see this, at least on my part. I mean, I don't watch um, games that often, like football that much. I mean, if I can catch one or two games a weekend, um, that's great. And now with the kid, uh, I even have less time than before. So, sure. I don't want to spend too much time on specific players. And actually, I kind of dread picking players. I like Because sometimes, like, Optimal Team gives me players like Richardson that I don't want to buy. But I know that this guy <coughs> is going to maximize my EV, so I should get it. And people sometimes ask me, oh, what do you think about this player? Like, I don't think about players. I think about the plan and the, <laughs> you know, optimization process, those are the things that i am interested in but yeah
1: yeah and then, and that's fair enough i think um for myself i'll, I'll always have the time and find time even if i'm busy i'll stay up another hour or two just to enjoy like okay <laughs> that's yeah for, that's for me um maybe it would change if i had children or a family but um i think when you're on your own you, I have a lot of time for FPL, and it's kind of my hobby, so yeah. Okay,
0: yeah, that's fair. Okay, actually, with that, I think it's a, a great transition to mindset. Uh, well, first of all, it's no secret that you bait people pretty good. Uh, like people, <laughs> you catch a few uh, people every time you tweet. I see people, uh, <sighs> sometimes I'm not even sure, like some of the replies, are they also like being ironic or... You know, yeah, like I don't know. That.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of hard to gauge as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm baiting someone, and are they reacting ironically? Like, yeah, it's
0: kind of... <laughs> right? Uh yeah. Do you do you lose followers when you kind of like send a controversial tweet? I I, uh, I guess not... you get even more followers, but
1: not that I've noticed. Yeah, um, my follower count keeps going up for some reason. <laughs> like I feel like certain weeks I'm just every tweet, and I, I I realize I'm doing it myself. Kind of, oh, you've done it again. Why are you Why are you baiting? Why are you continuously baiting? And why are you, <laughs> okay. Why are you not being serious? Like, and I th- I th- I think the timeline is about fun, and I've got group chats where I have FPL discussions with people, and but the timeline is just a for me fun just to scroll and then tweet what's in my mind if I'm watching football or if I'm just thinking about FPO, I'll tweet it straight away and yeah I do it in a way where I get responses and it's not it's not me trying to get responses it's just me having a laugh (laughs) like okay yeah that's it
0: I, I assume it's kind of like addictive for you because, like, you're sending, a, you know, semi-serious tweet, like based on facts, but the tweet is just, you know, making fun of the situation, and then you are catching a few uh, people. Yeah, I mean, against.
1: I mean, last night I tweeted William and Harlan stats for no reason apart from they were pretty similar for the last three weeks, <laughs> and it's like it's got no relevance at all, but. And people people comment with what relevance is this or why are you doing this obviously harlan's better and yeah it makes me smile a bit i guess but yeah
0: okay so that's kind of the thing i mean yeah so are you so what's your secret though like you're very successful at this i mean i i have seen other people try this uh like some of some of those are successful in varying degrees but you're one of the most successful probably so How do you do it? Like, sometimes I also want to tweet ironically, but then when I do it, people usually (laughs) don't like it as much, so...
1: I I think it's my personality. I'm not kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not really thinking about tweeting. I'm just kind of being sarcastic a lot, trying to make people laugh, um because I know that if I tweet some stuff that other people who are in group chats are going to laugh about it and I'll share it with them. And it's, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy and get a reaction, I guess. Um, okay. And it's, I, I, I wish I could explain it better because it's not me trying to get followers. It's not me. I don't, I don't really care about interactions. It's just me saying something, tweeting it and I enjoy doing it myself. So I get a kick out of it, I guess. Yeah.
0: And do you ever get uh, like replies or tweets or maybe like messages that makes you upset in general or are you always smiling like this because and this is so much fun like talking with you as you mentioned you are always smiling so I'm just wondering like do you ever do you ever feel bad
1: I I, I mean some people are are abusive and you do get a lot having a lot of followers people who don't know and don't know your tweets from previous times may pick up on one tweet and go, what the hell is he on about? This makes no sense. And then they'll see the follower account, And I'm sure like they're thinking this guy's ridiculous. How has he got this many followers? He's, <laughs> he's talking absolute bollocks. And so the reaction comes from that. I know I do get abused. Like you don't know what you're chatting about. You're an idiot. Worse things than that. And and sometimes it does affect you if it gets really personal, um but ultimately it's it's people i don't know people i've never seen before <sighs> yeah and and, and and people try to bait me back as well i'm sure to try and get a reaction but most of the time it's it's me smiling and i'm sure most of the people are good people who are just scrolling and then tweeting like i am so i don't it's all good really yeah
0: that's perfect and you talked about like gambling before so my question is a little bit relevant to that so do you ever feel like fpl is also too addicting i mean to me eyes are nice but lols hit a bit different so i find it difficult to stay away completely if i'm having a bad game week so i kind of like doom scrolling uh the timeline and then seeing you know how good other people have done it um so how about you like do you ever feel like fpl is impacting you
1: to be honest i i hadn't for a while until this sunday just gone but mm-hmm. I, I i did feel annoyed and a bit down like with the arsenal result um mm-hmm. i benched saliba and that was cuz it's a close decision it's not like i benched saliba I was always going to bench saliba it was like saliba versus, versus udogi for this week I went with the doggy, and that was obviously a wrong decision. I captain Darwin instead of Harland again. It's a close decision, and it's more. That's the lows when it's. It's not. Oh, I've had a bad week. You just those weeks you accept it. It's just it's the bad weeks when, you know how close it was to being, a lot better, hmm. because like decisions before deadline. I I only had like a couple of decisions where, Darwin v Harland captaincy, and start Udagi or Saliba and then when you get both wrong and you see other people 20-30 points ahead of you for the week where you know you could have made that up just from those two decisions that kind of it it does impact you because you see the big red arrow and you go, I just want to be do well in this game and me being well it kind of I'm really bad at doing well on the timeline and people like I'm really arrogant if I'm doing well. Mm. And and people hate that and that will make me smile more. Because the arrogance can come across. So I can't do the arrogance on my rank at the moment because yeah, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah, that's and it is it is low and it's it is like gambling. Um you spend a lot of effort and time over it and you get I've had I've had three bad red arrows in a row. And I felt my decision making hasn't been too bad, but the outcome has been bad and you just go, Oh, I wish I was I wish I was flapjack.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can continue my sales speech here because I feel like one of the biggest uh out, like a uh, good pros of uh the analytical playstyle is that you kind of differ the downs to the model like you can always say that okay model got it wrong not me <laughs> like I was just you know following what the model told me between these two well for example like benching Saliba or uh Udogi. I you can say that okay I follow what the model said model got it wrong not me um that helps a little bit and also I think the second uh, pro is um like when people use these analytical tools one of the things that i want people to get it, get from it is learning how to use analytics for decision making so that they can use it in the rest of their lives like you are buying a car you can actually optimize it you are buying a house the same thing so many of these decisions can be thought analytically so that you can you know Im- improve your life or at least like learn about Analytics, programming—you know, whatever you are interested, like keeping a spreadsheet. Um, so yeah, so maybe on that note, I just wanted to mention. Maybe I can convince you with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it's it's good to to take the emotion out of it and remove the decisions to make that makes you feel low. Um, again, it's 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 kind of filling the void of gambling. So having the highs and lows might not be a bad thing. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay, it's 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 a low, and I've my decisions have gone badly. But this is only an FPL game. This isn't money. Yeah, the lows are the, the lows. The lows are recoverable. It's only a rank. So I I, I can see what you mean, and I think using analytics. In general life, is is a good thing because it helps you make better decisions. It does. Um, I can definitely see that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but removing the emotion, I I like having emotion, even if it is bad. That can kind of be a good I, thing I as well. Nice. Yeah,
0: okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. If you like emotions, let's talk about your season. So <laughs> you you can feel a little bit. <laughs>
1: Don't you show the graph? Oh,
0: this graph. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to. Um. I check your season highlights and I have seen your season graph that looks like uh-huh. this if you are watching on YouTube, people. Um, so, well, first of all, let's start with the good thing here. Uh, so the yellow dashed line shows your predicted values compared to the prime sample. And prime sample is hi- historically most successful uh, 1,000 managers compiled by FBL Research. Um, and it looks like you are uh, toe-to-toe with them which typically converges around like 40,000, 50,000 or around that number. From that perspective, I want to say that you're doing a pretty good job. I feel like you're mostly unlucky this season because of the outcomes, but did it feel like it or how do you evaluate your season? I mean, last two game weeks especially seemed uh, like pretty harsh. I mean, you were around a range and then last two game weeks, like there was a steep decline.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think one man is Darwin Nunez. I've I've had him since game week eight. Um, But also, I I, I feel really unlucky. And having treble Liverpool attack, I felt was a good decision to make on my wildcard because of the good fixtures that Liverpool had and the bad fixtures that Man City had. Um, so I made a conscious decision to go with Darwin over Haaland on my wild card, which I don't think was a bad decision, but the outcome proved to be pr- pretty bad. And just the lack of the goals that the attackers got when they're facing teams like Fulham, Brentford, Luton, Sheffield United, I I I felt that's where my season is, has gone downhill. And then the last couple of weeks... I have Captain Darwin against Chelsea for his two mm-hmm. points when he missed a pen and hit the woodwork yeah. four times, and then again this week at home to Burnley, I feel that was a a really good fixture where Burnley like they could have scored four or five and i th- I felt I felt they would score more than city this week is why i captain Darwin. Yeah. um i know I know that a lot of the goals go through Haaland. but having having Darwin at home to Burnley. Again, captaincy is, 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 is the main, main downside, really, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the, the treble Liverpool attack or treble, treble Liverpool just hasn't worked out in the, in the easy fixtures.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Especially for uh, people like you who are just chasing the fixture quality. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, things don't work. I mean, for everyone, like whatever uh, like decision-making you are having, sometimes things don't go right um and another question on this um i have seen that you lost almost 12 points to prime sample by not having Saka last game week and also like another 18 points by not having watkins which you sold recently right a few weeks ago um, yeah
1: I sold for harland a couple of weeks ago unfortunately yeah yeah
0: but the players that made the biggest damage to your team, when I checked, like I was surprised, but it is Holland with almost 105 points. Uh, so the prime, so this means Prime Sample got almost 105 more points from Holland over you, and I think this is because you haven't captained him as heavily as most other people. Um, so again hindsight analysis is a little bit dangerous but do you think you made a mistake with going with other captaincy options in previous game weeks I mean not talking about the outcome but like in terms of your decision making process do you think you will do the same um, decisions uh, if you had the chance or would you change it
1: yeah I mean I, I can't pinpoint the weeks but I mean if, if, if Harland is away from home and I've got another strong player. He's playing at home against a weak opposition. I'm happy to swing against Haaland. Unfortunately, I I do perhaps think I underestimate how all the goals go through him and how he is the focal point. Perhaps that's what I need to look at more. When I'm thinking about fixtures, thinking that looks like a Man City 2-0 win. Mm -hmm. So why would I captain Haaland? Because he can get the two goals and I think I need to get that into my thinking a lot more where I think oh Liverpool can score five against Burnley and I don't think City going to run riot against Everton perhaps I need to think the goals are going to be spread out against Burnley where City if they score twice Haaland's likely to score twice perhaps and that yeah he's, he's 14 million for a reason and I have swung against it and it has hurt me yeah
0: Okay, and let's ask you some questions that we have received from the audience. Uh, The first question is about your actually Bernardo pick. (laughs) You talked just a little bit ago. And the question says, are you thinking of selling Bernardo to get, in quotation, three optimal city attackers?
1: Um, I'm not, no, I don't want to go city to city. Um... I I decided on the on the three city players that I I have. I thought in terms of funds it helped my team by getting Bernardo rather than KDB. Um, I don't think it's the three optimal ones. Yeah, you, you, you I'd want to have KDB instead of Bernardo Silva. Um, but that's where I am. I'm not going to make a like a switch. And I, he probably starts one in the double game week. Maybe comes on. Um, I've just got to hope that he does well in the game that he starts I think okay. which could easily happen as well I mean he has got me I've had him for a few weeks and I do like to hold on to players for a reasonable amount of time because I was I bought him in at the start of the year or the end of last year because this double game week was happening and they had good fixtures and he was a good price and I've gotten 13 points I've gotten 8 points from him he missed the whole game which meant my first sub came in so I don't think it's been as bad as people think. But only this week was, was bad, yeah. Okay. okay.
0: And the second question is, how does he judge when hits are worth it? And I checked and he only took one hit so far. So how, mm-hmm. do, you, how do you judge?
1: Um, I, I, I find it really hard to, to make hits if you've got bench players who are reliable. Mm-hmm. I don't think the hit's worth it. So I'm someone that's had Kilman all season. So in an, in, a, in a normal week, if I've got a couple of problems in my first team, I don't think a hit to remove someone when I could just play Kilman is, is, is worth it. I think hits in double game week and blank game weeks are worth it. So if you haven't got any players playing... Say if you have nine for double gaming for for blank gaming twenty six, I think a hit is worth it to get eleven players because it's effectively it should be like a minus two, and so you get eleven players. And I think majority of the time is when that's when I take my hits to get the extra fixture effectively. Okay.
0: Uh, question says, how much do you value XG? XGC and XA metrics or underlying stats in general?
1: Um, not particularly, I, I, I do look at them and I look at, as well as looking at those stats, I'll look at the games that they've played already this season. So you could look after six game weeks and think, oh, he's top of the XG charts or, but I don't think it means anything if they've played five week teams. And even at this stage of the season, you get certain players, certain teams with the metrics that they have, but they might not necessarily have been to Anfield, to the Emirates to the, or to the Etihad yet. So they've got like over-exaggerated figures because they've still got tougher fixtures to come or the reverse is true. So I kind of compare it to, again, looking back at fixtures and think, how have they done? Yeah, XG's good. XGC's good good. But if the XGC is good, why is it good? And I kind of question it of oh okay, it's because of this, this and this perhaps and stuff like that. So I do look and I think um, I it's not what I look at particularly. Okay. I'm I I d I I, I I trust my judgment on team strength and really. Yeah.
0: I see. Okay. I'm kind of a little bit surprised because like since you captained like Darwin in recent weeks and like he's you know one of the xg kings like even though he uh, has a you know unlucky season in terms of like converting maybe xg into g into goals um but yeah okay That's
1: i mean good. i mean I'll, 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 I'll captain darwin a lot and i have done because he gets a lot of chances oh, okay. and liverpool a really good attack and i think liverpool are the best attack <laughs> okay. like... in
0: yeah we end up at the same place like yeah, whichever yeah. path you take here okay um the next question is which FPL managers do you value the opinion of the most?
1: Okay. I mean, there's a lot of intelligent people that I and I I do follow a lot of analytics guys because they do speak sense and they know they know their puzzle. Like near enough, you can ask them now. what the, What's the plan for the next 10 weeks? And they'll be saying, yes, this is my plan. Um, so a lot of analytical managers i I do appreciate their feedback from um i speak to he's not on the timeline much but i I speak to Hescobo I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Heskobo. yeah um I think he's a very strategic manager like myself and similar playstyle, even if we like go in different directions, we still have a similar mindset and it's it's good to get ideas from him. Um. Yeah, as 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 a few different group chats that I'm in, which I like, people bouncing off ideas is good. Yeah. Com- I mean, people, people. I mean, people that have conversations is is um is what I'm looking to do mostly, and and that's why I enjoy spaces as well. People that can talk. Um. And just have a conversation about different things is, is is good to have. I I enjoy listening to Trophy FPL Mo as well. I talk to him mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, he is someone that I appreciate about like he, he talks good about football. Nice. Um, and also Planet James FPL as well is is a good football guy. So I I listen to I look at speak to a lot of people on the timeline and with stats and look at their data and stuff like that, but. I like to get the foot side of it as well, so nice. they're good for that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Perfect. Great answer. And the last question I'm gonna ask you from this part is: Are Andy's hugs as good as I imagine them
1: being? Who's that from?
0: <laughs> it's from Discord actually, John. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I I give good hugs. I'm I'm quite a big bear. I'm I'm like. <laughs> I'm six foot, quite big, quite broad, big arms. Happy, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you smile a lot. You seem very friendly. So, I can imagine that's the case. Okay. Um, now I will share the optimal. Well, this is the raw optimal wildcard t- wildcard twenty five team. Um. So here, what we do is we get the data from FBR review. We just feed it to the algorithm. No other restrictions. And then it generates as a team, so this is kind of like a starter, uh, if you will. So I will just um, go over the names of the squad, and at the end I will ask you if there are any players that you would probably avoid or certainly have in your team if you were wildcarding this this week. So in the goal we have Ederson, and in defense we have Gabriel, Robertson, and Doughty. In midfield, we have Saka, Luis Diaz, Foden, Barkley. In forward, we have Tony, Darwin, Haaland. And in the bench, we have Kaminski, Saliba, Hichan, and Pau. And among these players, uh, Luis Diaz here only for a single game week. And also, Darwin is the same. Uh, Darwin is sold for Watkins. And Haaland eventually gets sold for Solanke. Uh, but as you see, I mean, this is a very like double game week heavy squad to begin with. So which yeah, players I, you would avoid here?
1: I mean, I'm surprised that Luis Diaz appears rather than Jota. That surprises me.
0: Hmm. I haven't checked their RGV, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, I, I I I can't say too much. I think it agrees with my decisions going into the future. So. I think for 26, I'll be losing to Liverpool and mm-hmm. then losing Haaland probably in 28 when they face Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I already own Solanke, so for, for, for myself, it's Haaland probably to a Luton striker in okay. 28, especially if they play 29 as well. Um, so it's a similar route to what I'm thinking. I, th- I, th- I think that team is is good. I, li- I like Barkley. I think he can do well against Manchester United at home. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of got to do well in that fixture because you'd expect the Liverpool game to be tough going. Um so effectively it's plus two points in yeah. I mean plus two points in the um Liverpool fixture, I guess. Plus yeah, it's what it's been there. Um yeah, that's that's it really. I think I think that's the the team. I mean Robertson, perhaps that could be Van Dyke because of the minutes. Um, I wouldn't be so sure. Robertson starts both in the double, where you could be reliable on Van Dijk, I think. Um,
0: yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. okay. Um, and let's talk about the captaincy, <laughs> your favorite topic. Uh, so the top captain this week, according to the model. So this is like the ensemble model. Um, so we are kind of like averaging all the uh, available projection models and. Haaland is ahead and far ahead of everyone else with 14.34 expected value. And then we have De Bruyne at 10.86. In the third rank, we have Foden at 10.38. Darwin at 10.20. And Diego Jota is 9.69. So do you agree with these captainship picks? And who are you going to captain this week?
1: Uh, I I, I agree with Haaland. He's a standout captain. I think you can't go against it. Um, City's double, it's, it's two games at home. So City at home is just reliable. I think if one of them was away, it'd be a bit different. But you'd expect Haaland to start both and do quite well. So for me, as a standout captain. I think the Liverpool double is, is really nice. Um, and because of the minutes to City midfielders, yeah, I know Foden de Bruyne are... good but I don't think the minutes is there Mm -hmm. for both I don't know why um so I would I would would probably lean to Darwin ahead of the city midfielders but then the rest of it's pretty close but Haaland's a standout one yeah definitely
0: okay perfect and I think it is a great time to uh, wrap it up for today um and this was FBL Optimized Podcast, episode number uh, 79. And thanks for listening, everyone. Good luck with your Game Week 25 uh, decisions and make sure you have a plan in place for the Game Weeks that follow it. We will have a new episode next week. Um, uh, so while Bus was out, we had the pleasure to host Andy Martin. It is FBL underscore tactician on Twitter. Thank you, Andy, for accepting the invite and answering our difficult questions and having a great <laughs> conversation with me.
1: No worries. Do you want me to just quickly say my uh, porridge recipe, quickly? Sure, sure.
0: Go
1: ahead. I mean, I mean, I, I saw a few porridge questions, and um, for me, it's Scottish oats on the hob with milk, with a bit of water if you want to, but predominantly with milk. Blueberries go well, raisins go well, a little bit of demerara sugar, and some poppy seeds or chia seeds. It's good stuff, good stuff. Sets you up nicely for the day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. So you also do Twitter Spaces. Do you share like these kind of porridge recipes on those spaces too, I should, or?
1: I I can do. Maybe I should start every week with one. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was great to have you. So uh, thank you, again. thank
1: you. I, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm not much of a disappointment to people. Yeah. I know people want me to convert, but um. I'm 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 happy to be emotional about FPL. It's all good. This one.
0: I think we're hoping you hoping to convert you because we strongly believe that you're a smart person and then like converting a person like you is a good uh indicator that analytics is uh like slowly conquering everyone's uh game style.
1: <laughs> it's a waste of time. What are you doing <laughs> with your life? <laughs> Stop cheating. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> Okay. Uh, Thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast and so you will get notified when the next episode is published and do follow us on Twitter. It is at FBL Optimized. You can also find FBL Optimized on YouTube. And until next time, stay curious and stay analytical. Goodbye.